Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. Not only have I been the owner of Mint Mobile for the last few years, I've also been a customer. I don't know if you knew this, but anyone can get the same premium wireless for $15 a month plan that I've been enjoying. It's not just for celebrities, so do like I did and have one of your assistant's assistants switch you to Mint Mobile today. I'm told it's super easy to do at mintmobile.com slash switch. New activation and upfront payment for three-month plan required. Taxes and fees extra. Additional restrictions apply. See mintmobile.com for full terms. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Selling a little or a lot? Do your thing however you cha-ching with Shopify, the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash offer 23. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds, owner of Mint Mobile, with a message for everyone paying big wireless way too much. Please, for the love of everything good in this world, stop. With Mint, you can get premium wireless for just $15 a month. Of course, if you enjoy overpaying, no judgments, but that's weird. Okay, one judgment. Anyway, give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. New activation and upfront payment for three-month plan required. Taxes and fees extra. Additional restrictions apply. See mintmobile.com for full terms. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Selling a little or a lot? Do your thing however you cha-ching with Shopify, the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash offer 23. And it's really a puzzle because, well, I can, I can separate this part of my life. And then with friends, we're, we're this way. And then, you know, with our family, it's this way. And then with extended family, it's this way, but we're keeping our marriage together. We're super happy and excited to like be with people, but amongst ourselves in our relationship, there's so much to look into it and, and work on to Mm -hmm. really be in that zone where we are one. Imagine a life where you feel supported, connected, and understood. I get it. Being a mom is hard, especially when you're spinning so many plates. We exhaust ourselves trying to create the perfect life for our family. You deserve to enjoy your family without the stress perfectionism brings. On this podcast, I provide practical and relatable life experiences. I teach women quick and easy to use strategies to help them reclaim their identity, reignite their marriage, and enjoy their children. If you're ready to be challenged, then pull up a chair, grab a pen and paper, because it's about to go down. I'm Veronica Cisneros, a licensed marriage and family therapist, and this is the Empowered and Unapologetic Podcast. Hey ladies, welcome to Empowered and Unapologetic. I'm your host, Veronica Cisneros. We're going to once again put a little bit of a spin on things. I invited my neighbor because her and I were in my kitchen and we're just having a conversation. And she had asked me something that was so 
I thought it was just so important that I shared with you guys. And so I asked her if she would be open to having this conversation, you know, just between us girls and you guys too, and invite the whole world. And luckily she said yes. So I'm super excited to have her on. And like I said, we're going to put a little twist on things where she's going to start this episode asking a question. Sam Juana, thank you so much for being on. I'm literally ripping you from your family because it's like nine o'clock at night and I know your babies are asleep. Meanwhile, my babies are still up and my husband, he's watching the Falcon something. He said the Mexican Falcon's going to come upstairs in a minute. <laughs> so let's hope he doesn't interrupt us. It's absolutely fine. Thank you for having me. So you asked me a very, very powerful question. Can you start us with that? So yeah, I was just curious as to how it is that we start this acknowledgement. We're in denial, but we don't even know we're in denial of the, the issues that we have. So how do we start acknowledging that there is an issue, that there is something that we need to get worked on? I, that's a great question. Even now when you ask me that, I just, I think of, you know, where I was at in life so many years ago that I didn't know. So if you would have asked me, Hey, are you happy? I would have said, absolutely. hundred percent. I have the husband, I have the kids, I have the dog. What's not to be happy about. However, I, I was happy or so I thought I was happy, but I was also really, really stressed out. I was really, really frustrated, but I was never allowed to touch on that. Like, okay, so what you're tired? Like, suck it up because so is every other mom and so is your husband. You know, everybody's tired. But it wasn't until I started realizing, wait a minute, I, I really don't want to do this anymore. It wasn't that I wanted to leave my husband, but it was like, I just, I'm waking up to Groundhog's Day every day. I remember telling Willie, when the hell are you going to just make a freaking decision? Like, I don't care what the hell it is. I don't care if it's the way our kids' hair is brushed. Like, just make a freaking decision, you know, or whatever. What do you want to eat tonight? I, I I, didn't want to make any more decisions. And I noticed that our arguments started to increase. And it got to a point where it was like, again, I wasn't going to leave him. I, our, our relationship wasn't, you know, wasn't at risk, but it, at risk. But it was just like, damn, like you and I could be great roommates, like, I could just say tag your it. it. It takes me back to like, I know that you guys got married really young. Yeah. And when I got married, I was older. I was almost 30 and my husband was already 30. And I just sort of said, well, you know what? Let's, yeah, let's do it. Mm -hmm. But uh, even then just getting used to that married life was difficult because you know they say you can't teach an old dog new tricks and he was older and set in his ways and I was already set in my ways and I know my family even warned him like oh you know watch out with her mm -hmm. she's feisty and his sisters warned me I was like <laughs> how hard can it be I was thinking like oh, you know he seems like a nice nice enough person yeah but very early on I just thought it was just something that we just had to get used to each other, you know? Yeah. So we... And that wasn't even a red flag, right? Like no. something that we have to get used to. No. 
Mm-hmm. Not at all. Like yeah. everybody comes in with their own different personalities and you just, you know, complete each other, right? That's yeah. The dream. Mm-hmm. So I complimented him and he complimented me because I was not assertive. Still not. But <laughs> <laughs> we're working on it. We're yeah, working yeah. on it. But he was just, he, he's still my polar opposite. Like he's helped me in so many ways and mm-hmm. I've helped him in so many ways. But at the same time, together as a married couple, we still have a lot to learn from each other mm-hmm. and about each other. So being young, you give yourself a little bit of, I guess, what do you call that? Grace. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> to where, okay, this is just a phase. We don't have kids yet. Yeah. So there are a lot of stressors as a newly married couple and his job and I'm new at my job and the city is different and he travels a lot. And so all these excuses, I guess you would say. Yes. And they never stopped because it was one move and then the next and then a pregnancy and then a move. And it was just every time I thought, well... This is a good phase. It mm-hmm. ended up being like, wait a minute, we're not out of that, still yeah. un, you know, comfortable, uncomfortable zone. Like we're still vacillating through like each other's personalities mm-hmm. and you know, opinions and even political mm-hmm. affiliations, you know? Yeah. So it's, it's a work in progress, but you never really understand how easy it can get to like, to just be out of control. Yeah. How easy you can make that right or left turn. You know, it's just all of a sudden you're there and you're like, how did we get here? Yeah. Yeah. Um, why, so why for you, was it important that you were no longer, you used the word naive? Like what, when for you did it switch? You and I talked about that. Like you were saying it didn't happen like just, Oh, Veronica said something, it was something you said. And it was like, Oh, it just clicked. It was more gradual. Yeah. I, you know, and having conversations with you and I'm lucky because I have access to you. <laughs> no <laughs> like, brag, no brag. You know. <laughs> but um, it was just in conversation. Sometimes you would say something I'm like, oh, that's totally not applicable to me. Mm-hmm. Oh, or, you know, I'm dealing with a situation, you know, X, Y, Z. And I'm like, oh, that's sad. But the, I never really internalized it or even took it personally. I was just like, well, that's, you know. That happens. People mm-hmm. need therapy. And, um, and and words that you started using, I was like, oh, like resentment, for mm-hmm. example. That's not, I don't know what that is. Like, mm-hmm. what what does that even mean? Like, I, yeah. I mean, I know the word, but to really apply it to myself, I didn't realize that it was something that was an issue in my life. Mm-hmm. I don't know if that happens to everyone, but there are certain things that that you just kind of pile up and I, I've heard you talk and I've heard examples. And then I just started opening my eyes to the situation that I was in. And I say, wait a minute, I'm in there. I, this is, this applies to me. Mm-hmm. And then obviously I asked you questions. I got curious. And then now like the whole Pandora box is open. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're going there now. No, but um, yeah, it's, it's more of a, Little by little, you start kind of getting details and putting the picture together. And it's really a puzzle because, well, I can I can separate this part of my life. And then with friends, we're, we're this way. And then, you know, with our 
family, it's this way. And then with extended family, it's this way. But we're keeping our marriage together. We're super happy and excited to like be with people. But amongst ourselves in our relationship, there's so much to look into it and and work on to mm-hmm. really be in that zone where we are yeah. one. You know, we're unified in this. We we don't, you know, we're not quick to anger and we're not, we're, we're compassionate with each other. You lose it. You lose yeah. it because there are so many other things to take care of and responsibilities that you have. And, you know, the, the world is still going on while you're having this issue. You can't just focus on this issue. Mm-mm. So you just kind of brush it aside and I'm great at that. So yeah, I just, you know, we'll take care of it when we take care of it. Oh, you're traveling. Great. One more week that we don't have to take care of it. Yeah. And it, so on. It just And then five years later, it's like, oh shit, we still haven't taken care of it. Yeah. Yeah. I remember. So as you were talking right now, I remember, I don't know if you watched Sex in the City. Like one. okay. So, oh my God, girl, we <laughs> totally need to, like, I'm almost like, I'm almost like leaning on stopping this and watching that damn, both of the movies. Ladies, we all know Sex in the City, but so there's this part in the movie and, you know, Charlotte, she's in the kitchen, she's baking, she's all done up and she's on the phone trying to solve an issue, right? But her kids are constantly calling for her and calling for her and calling for her. And she's, she has a bunch of stress you know, just a whole bunch of stressors with regards to her husband, how she feels about him. And the kids are still like, mom, mom, mom. And she's trying to concentrate on the phone because she really doesn't talk to her friends that often. And then her daughter gets so upset because she's not, her mother's not paying attention to her that she literally smacks her mom's butt with red dye. Hmm. And the mom immediately looks at the daughter and just screams, Mm. gets off the phone and goes straight into the pantry. And just, there's this complete meltdown, complete meltdown. And she's crying and it has nothing to do with the skirt being ruined. Um, It had everything to do with like, how the frick did I get here? How am I now in this place where I can't even have a conversation with my friends that I rarely see? I can't, you know, I don't know what the hell is going on with my husband because I can't even talk to him about anything because he's either so damn sensitive where he goes into rage or, excuse me, he completely shuts down. So it's like, I just feel trapped. I can't freaking talk to anybody. Mm-hmm. And I can't share with my friends that this is what's going on because what would they think of him? You know, and it's right. And so those right there, those are the moments which happen more often than we believe or we'd like to admit that's even better. We'd like to admit but it's those moments. It's not necessarily that you're on the verge of divorce, but it's like, what if we can make those moments less? Like, what if, don't get me wrong as a mom. Yeah. You're going to probably, you're going to probably have one of those lucid moments. We all are. I mean, shit I do. And I teach parenting. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> I will admit that, but it's like, what if we were able to communicate our frustrations? What if we were able to actually connect with our husbands and our children? And that's what my main goal has always been is like, I've been able to figure out this key, like this secret, you know, I've never called it a secret before, but I've been able to figure it out. And it's like, let me teach you. But the minute when I, the minute I get to talking to women, it's like, oh, well, yeah, that happens. But I mean, it doesn't happen all the time. 
No, he's probably stressed out from work or yes, I yes. Had, um, it was a really important project that was doing. My son was behind, or you know, there's there's a family death, or you know, it's always something going on um, aside from what's really going on. Yes, and I don't know. I I don't think that there's like a real problem. And I can't say, oh, you know, my husband abuses drugs or my husband uh, is an alcoholic. I can't say that that is a problem. So it can't be that bad, right? Yeah. And um, we don't realize that it doesn't have to be that bad. Mm -mm. Because it's not bad where there's an addiction happening. It's not bad where there's domestic violence happening or your husband's stepping outside of the marriage. It's not that bad. And what's actually happening that's building over time, that resentment, that's thickening more and more because you're not asking for help. You're taking on everything. You have nobody to communicate with. Well, you do, but you're not, you don't know how. You don't know how to set boundaries. Bingo. You've got it under control. Bingo. There's nothing going on. So guess what ends up happening? You end up, you end up struggling with severe depression, severe anxiety, and your husband is either now cheating on your ass or just completely checked out of the relationship because I'm married to my wife, but every time I'm around her, she's an ag and I've been on both ends. So being working, working as a clinician, it's provided me with this opportunity and this curse. Let's just say it's provided me with opportunity to actually listen to your husbands, right? I'm listening to your husbands. And I say your husbands because every single husband that comes in, I swear to you, it's like, Somebody gave them a whole script before coming in and they're all following it. Every single one of them, firefighters, police officers, executives, salesmen, like it doesn't matter what type of employment they're in. They're all falling under the same pattern. And what that pattern is, is I would rather stay at work than be around my family. And when they say it, at first they're like, oh shit, I just told a woman this. She's going to judge me. But I don't. It's like, tell me more. I, yeah, I, I hear you. Why is that? Is The minute you get home, is she nagging you? The minute this, is this happening? Give me more. Give me, uh, ask them, give me more, um, give me more details as to what's going on. And then once they realize that they, they can say anything and there's zero judgment, Pandora's box is open and they literally open up. And like nine times out of 10, what a husband will say is, and ladies, I, I want you to listen to this and I want you to grab your man and ask him this. Nine times out of 10, what a husband will say is, I'm not invited. Like it feels like I have to be invited to be with her and the kids. She loves the kids more than me. It's easier for her to spend time with the kids than me. And I'm stuck in this position where if I discipline them, she gets pissed off at me. If I love them, I'm not playing with them correctly. If I have a conversation with them, well, I didn't ask them the right questions. So why am I even here? Mm -hmm. I love my family. I love my wife. But I just, she reminds me every day, verbally or physically, that I'm this emotional, uh, emotionless individual. And she just can't connect with me. But where I can connect is work. So I will spend so many more hours at work. Mm-hmm. than in my home because I'm not, I'm not welcome there. Absolutely. Absolutely. I am. Um, and he's very clear about saying that when, whenever I've kind of 
I'm having a lot more fun with the children. Yeah. You know, I'm doing a lot more things with them. I go out with them and they, they have no choice. You know, obviously I'm their mom. I make them do it. But, (laughs) but he, he sometimes has those, that exact phrase. I should just stick to what I know, go back to work and you guys spend the money. Mm -hmm. Sort of like, yeah. Yeah. So for, so on your end, what are you hearing him say when he says that? That he just doesn't, um, he'd, he'd rather just not be a part of it. Yeah. And that, go ahead. At the same time, it's like, well, fine. If that's where, is that, if that's where you're going, then I'll continue doing fun stuff with the kids and, um, not having you go because, you know, every time you go, you kind of are a party pooper. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yeah. And I hate saying that because I love having him and the kids. They absolutely enjoy him being there, mm-hmm. present. But um, nine times out of ten, you know, something doesn't go according to plan. I'm not a planner. I'm yeah. not. And he is. And so that in, in and of itself is already tension, you mm-hmm. know. So when we go on a road trip or to the beach and there's no parking (laughs) i pay the twenty dollars to park (laughs) he would never pay the twenty dollars to park he would just sit there for another 30 45 minutes until somebody leaves and i mean as much as i appreciate because he's a good steward of our money i just want to go to just want to go to the beach beach so i pay the twenty (laughs) dollars yeah it's probably terrible but i that's that's where my heart is like this is i'm not enjoying sitting in the street you know waiting for a parking spot so in order for us to get this fun started let's just pay the 20 dollars. <laughs> yeah so where what pressure does that put on you when you notice that there's no parking he's not going to pay the 20 dollars? what does this look like on your end well now i gotta sit there and entertain the kids and make sure that everybody's happy and i uh, you know now i feel guilty because i planned this beach trip and dang it, you know, for some reason, you know, I didn't put enough snacks for us to sit 30 minutes in the car. And I just, I'm at a loss because now it's not fun anymore. You know, it was supposed to be a fun trip and it's not. Yeah. Or when we do go out and it's a beach trip, for example, if I don't have the plan for us to where we're going to eat, like that's on me. Because we've never been to this area and now I gotta like look really fast and oh he likes this kind of food. Let's let's go there because he likes this kind of food. Yeah. <laughs> so just kinda like uh, I wanna appease everyone. Yeah. And then, you know, I feel like if I get it wrong, I'm gonna ruin the trip for everyone. Yeah. So essentially what you're doing is these are the reasons why we can't anger the bear. We can't poke the bear. Mm. So I have to make sure I have X, Y, and Z or A through Z already prepared because you're a bear. Like, I don't know if I've told you that, but you are a bear. And so I'm going to have everything done. And if I don't have everything done, see, this is why boys, this is why dad's not invited. (laughs) Right? Yeah. This is why dad's not invited. So guess, so you guys are both on the same team. You guys are both wanting to go to the beach. You guys are both, he wants to spend time with his family. Of course. But he doesn't know how. And he doesn't know how because he doesn't have your mindset. And so what you're essentially communicating to him is you didn't do it right. You're not getting it right. 
So maybe we should just leave because we have so much more fun when you're not involved. He already knows that. And the reason why he already knows that is because of what you said right now. I'm trying to check everything off versus just letting it happen. Mm-hmm. So like, let's say if you and I went to the beach, would you do any of that? No. Hell no. We would just go. If you were to do that, I'd be like, what the fuck? <laughs> like, um, not girl. Where, hey, where, what? I'm sure. Like it would, it would just feel like there's, because that expectation is already, you've placed that expectation on you. Now it feels like, well, damn, I didn't even bring snacks. I thought we were just going to eat when we got there. <laughs> you know what I mean? And I'm sure there's a groceries. I'm sure there's a Barron's or Sprouts or Trader Joe's somewhere. I mean, we could just get the kids snacks there. That would be my thinking, but it would be already this heightened level of intimidation. I see. Do you see what I mean? Ladies, it's time for a masterclass, and I want to personally invite you. This is a free class, and I'm offering it live on three different days to accommodate everyone's schedule. I just don't want anyone to miss out on this amazing offer. I see a lot of women get stuck in this loophole of attempting to be everything to everyone and spin all of these plates. Most of them are left feeling resentful, overwhelmed, and frustrated. They know they want something better, but they just don't know how to get it or even what it is. So I'm hosting a masterclass for women just like you. In this masterclass, you'll learn how to balance your own needs and family responsibilities without the guilt, how to shift your mindset so you're not so reactive, and how to check in and connect with your husband. If you're ready for change, then join me in my masterclass where I teach you how to increase connection and conversations with your husband. Go to www.empoweredandunapologetic.com forward slash masterclass. Looking forward to seeing you there. And so what I'll ask men to do is I'll ask men to go ahead and take a step back. So let you know, and, and I'll, I'll ask them, how does it benefit you from, how does it benefit you to disconnect from your family? What are the benefits? And I also want to know what is it costing you when you disconnect from the family? And each time the benefits are, my wife's not yelling at me. She's not telling me I'm a disappointment and, um, I get to go ahead and watch TV or I get to work longer or whatever, like, because that's just automatically accepted. Now we go into the consequences. It's, I have to watch my wife play with my kids and feel alone and try to figure out something to do because that's just a reminder. So I have to go back to work because I haven't earned it. I can't tell you how many times men have told me this. I haven't earned it. So I have to work longer. I have to work harder. I haven't earned it. And so until I earn it, I have to go back to work. And so that's their own. Your self-sabotage is compromising yourself. Their self-sabotage is also compromising themselves for the family. But notice how both of you guys are doing the exact same thing. It's just done completely different. But nobody's freaking talking about it. We don't realize that it's an issue. Like, honestly, if I asked him right now, hey, do you feel like I have to invite you? He'd be like, no, I don't know. Mm -hmm. I don't, I don't know what he would say. I would, you know what? Ask him when it comes to me and the boys, when it comes to me and the boys, do you feel like you're just automatically invited? Like you're like, just, you're part of the team. You're part of the fun. 
Or, no, that's hands down. He's going to say no. Why? Because we just have a different way of, our relationship is just different with the boys. I feel, I would disagree. Really? I mean, don't get me wrong. I agree with the way you guys treat them and the way you guys interact with them is different. Yes. But I don't think, like, if we peel back all of those layers at the core, I think you guys have the same relationship. And only because I've watched you guys. Like, Adrian, the way he is with his boys, like, he is very attentive. Very attentive to them. However, how many times do you override him? Oh, Almost all the time. So, because I feel like I know better, right? I know, no, that's that's okay. And I that's, feel like I know my kids better. I feel like I know their needs better. I, I I'm around them all the time, and you know, he's traveling, he's working, he's the provider, and that's my job, right? To know them, to 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 understand where they're coming from. Like even before they have the need, like they just come into the kitchen looking lost and i know what they need like (laughs) but listen to what you're saying though you know what they need but have you provided your husband with opportunity to also know what they need or have you been like a student i got it first you know it just doesn't even it's not even something that we mention Mm -hmm. because ever since the babies the boys were babies ever since then like i've always done it I've always known how to do it. I've, I'm, I don't know. I, it was instinctual for me. I, I've always just known what they've needed. And when he was changing a diaper, I'm like, oh, well, I usually do it this way. Or um, the milk. No, it's that's too long of a time that you warmed it. Or when he would get something right uh, because the volume of milk changed. You know, for example, it was ridiculous. But I'm like, oh. All right. Well, thanks. You know, never really gave him any credit for it because I was like, oh, I don't like that. You know, I I should have known that. Uh, just little things mm-hmm. that are now like, he's like, well, you got it. Yeah. You got it. You can do it. The boys yeah. are hungry. I'm like, well, feed them. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. I'm not going to get the right I don't level. know what they like. I'm not going to get the right level is this, of milk. Is this for this one or is this for the other one? And I'm in shock because it's obvious different as to how mm-hmm. <laughs> the both the you know the boys eat the amount of food, but I'm like really, and he's like wanting to put something on there, and the boys are like I don't like that you know, and and he's already starting to feel like I don't know what you guys like you know you guys are so picky and so and so I'm, listen to what you just said though I don't know what you guys like yeah I'm your dad I don't know what you like I'm not, so just if you can. If we can go ahead and take, like, just step into Adrian's shoes. Imagine being a father, absolutely loving and adoring and working your ass off for your family to provide. And then having to admit, I don't know what you like. Mm. How easily frustrated would you be? Very much. I'd be pissed. I'd feel so much shame. I'd feel so much shame. Well, why don't I know what, what, why don't I know what my kids like? Well, because my, my wife doesn't let me. I think he just blames the kids because oh, they're yeah. the he's ones gonna, that complain, right? Not, he, well, he has to blame some. He's going right. to blame somebody. I mean, don't get me wrong. That's not healthy. But he's going to blame somebody. But why? Why is he going to blame somebody? Hmm. So let me go ahead and go there for a minute. Guys will go ahead and go straight to blame because they don't understand the emotion. 
X, one plus one equals two. There's no other way around it. And so that is something they can easily problem solve. They can easily rationalize. Women aren't like that, right? We go for like one plus one could be two, but it could also be maybe two in this way. But like, what are we adding? Are we adding like years? Because there's like 12 months in a year. We, it's, we take it all kinds of freaking places, right? Okay. We totally dissect it. Um, and I totally lost where I was going. <laughs> Guys, go into blame. And then yes. Just... So, yes. Sorry. I was like, well, really? How is that going to be 12, Ronnie? Or two, Veronica? <laughs> Whatever. You know what I, you guys know what I mean. Okay. I'm going to get my life together. All right. But, but the thing is like, you already orchestrated it a certain way without allowing anything to penetrate it, like anything else to come into it. And so Adrian's already set for failure without even knowing, without even like, without even being given a chance. And then we get pissed off at them because it's like, well, when the hell are you going to help me? Never. Cause you don't. So one thing that you and I've been working on is being able to kind of step back and allow it to happen. Mm-hmm. What's that process been like for you? It's tough because I, I feel like I'm a control freak. Yeah. I, you know, I know the times and I know the routines and everything's running like on a very well-coordinated clock and mm-hmm. things just get done. If it's the laundry at the same time as the dishes, at the same time I just take a break for a diaper change and then I, oh, someone needs something upstairs or my computer's loaded. I, you know, mm-hmm. I got it. I can do this. Um, and then he comes out of the office and it throws the baby off. The baby wants dada. Mm-hmm. And so he runs, but he's only out here for like just to get a little more coffee. And then he goes back into the office, but the baby's already like following him back to the office and he can't, you know, he's on a call, but I'm like, dang it, well, you have to come, would you, would you have to come out? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then the baby's like knocking on the door. So there I go. I take the baby. I go for a walk for a good, you know, 20, 30 minutes. And then I come back and someone's been in the kitchen. There's crumbs on the floor. There's the sink is stopped up. Um, the laundry, the dryer probably went off already and I wasn't there to take care of it. Um, one of the kids, they got knocked out of zoom, uh, a zoom call and I have to like put out little fires here and there. And now I have to feed the baby lunch. And so it's okay. I can do this. I got this. I got this. And he's still on a call. Mm -hmm. So then he comes back out for lunch. Maybe if he doesn't, his lunch is there. I mean, like everything is ready (laughs) to go. And then he doesn't come out. So I'm like, you know, I'll just leave it here for you and I put the baby down sometimes I go and take out take the boys to um, school I come back the food's still there and so I have a quiet time of 20-30 minutes so I read or I'm doing CEUs for stuff it's a very tight like ship you know and when he comes out I every time I feel like I just scold him because he's like ruining that little cycle of craziness but cycle of like I've got it covered but every time you come out it's sort of like you distract me from that which is terrible to say mm-hmm. but it is a distraction to what i've got under control so yeah. it, it's a definitely a control issue but i feel like if it wasn't under control and this is a feeling i have i don't know because it's never been out of control right the feeling i get is that if i am not there to solve people's problems 
it would just be chaos. But in myself, when I am there, I'm the one in chaos. Bingo. So your your initial question was, how are we so naive to this? You just answered it. Hmm. Because we thrive in chaos. We do. We, th- we thrive in chaos. And that just, it's this self, almost like a self-fulfilling prophecy. It's like, it's this validation that we're taking really good care of our family. It's this validation of I'm a great wife. You know, I'm a great, um, I'm a great uh, mom because I have, my life is completely coordinated. Mm-hmm. Except for the, the biggest issue with that is my life is completely coordinated until you step out of the office and you show up as a dad and a husband. That's when it's not coordinated. So get your ass back to work, make that money. And then until I call you out, you can come out. But I really need you. Bingo. Till the kid's crying or yeah, something. Yeah. So guess what? He's not going to help you. He mm-hmm. Like at all. Like for what? Why? You yell at me every time I come out. Because he can't do anything right. And he'll tell me I can't do anything right. And I'm like, well, <laughs> yeah, okay. Yeah. <laughs> but I mean, I would appreciate his help, right? I would if he did it my way. That's the way I yeah. feel. So letting that controlling side of me just subside for a while. And it, it takes a lot of effort. Well, what would that mean? So let's go there for a bit. It, what would that mean if you had to let go of the control? Because that's essentially what it is. Mm. What would it mean? Um, I guess I'm just risking their, their unhappiness. Keep going. I'm just like, like their happiness is at risk if I... How? How is their happiness them? at risk? Um, How might the kids view their dad different? Well, I, I don't know. We know, honestly, I, I see it and I don't want to see it because they might get to see him and he's not the happiest person around him or he's not present or he's um not able to help them so it just like why why have the kids see that right when keep going why not i don't know because they have me i got it so if the kids are able to see dad in this state of not being happy what does that mean i'm I don't know. I don't want to distance them, distance them from their dad. I don't want them to have this vision of their dad being the bear, you know? Yes. And and I because he's he's a good person, he's a good father and I, you know, I I can tell him this, you know, yeah. all day long. But when there is something like one of them hits the other one, whether it's on purpose or an accident, you know, because it happens all the time. They're boys, they're running around. Um, he comes out and he's in distress. He doesn't yep. know why one of them is crying so loud. So he just goes into like, um, he wants to fix the situation, but he wants to know who to blame. Yeah. Nothing, nothing's happening. Maybe I saw it, maybe I didn't, but he doesn't let, allow me to speak because he's worried about this crying child that's like out of control, screaming. And then the other one that's at his knees calling, he wants to get carried. And then he wants the answer from the older one. The the older one just shuts down and like clams up because he doesn't know how to respond with this like fear of his dad. I don't want my kids to be traumatized. And so I just, 
I try to appease everyone and have everybody in a, you know, a good state of mind. And I'm, yeah. meanwhile, I'm like driving myself nuts. <laughs> so, and, and then you ultimately become what you thought your husband was going to become. You ultimately could be the psycho crazy mom who's now yelling. Right. Right. And so you just, nope, you're going to do it wrong. I already know you're going to do it wrong. I got this. And mm. you go ahead and tend to the kids, but you're already at your limit. Mm. And then explosion, this tornado happens. Mm-hmm. Right? Absolutely. All because you were attempting to prevent the tornado, mm-hmm. which led to the ten- tornado. But again, what you're doing is you're also pushing away your husband. You know, okay, yeah, he might yell at the kids. He might. He Matter of fact, when he yells, the kids might get scared. That might happen. Do we want our kids to be scared? Absolutely not. And I've told you before, if it was like, if there was an actual threat, you know, that's different, but it's not. What, why is your screaming better? Why is your screaming better than his screaming? It's not, but it's, it's not. How does, so how do we register that? Mm, I feel like, and it's not right, but I feel like I have more right to, to scream at them, to get angry and to be this disciplinarian, Mm -hmm. like mom to where I don't feel like he has the right to do it because he's not around them very often and he doesn't understand them. And he, you know, I can keep going on and on. Yeah. So just saying it out loud, uh, that doesn't make any sense. Like, <laughs> no, <laughs> but it's a feeling. It's, it's internalized. Like mama bear can take care of it. Mama bear can protect yeah. them. You know, that's, that's just the way it's been in my head. So what would it be like if you're able to communicate, if you and Adrian were able to sit down and have this healthy conversation where you were able to express that? Listen, there are times where I don't allow you to discipline the kids because, you know, it, it pains me whenever I see, you know, Aaron in fear, you know, of you. And, you know, it really bothers me when the kids, I see them, you know, get all nervous, you know, what would that be like if you were able to have like, and, and Adrian was able to hear you and say, mm-hmm. but San Juana, that's not even my attempt. Mm-hmm. Oh, we've had the conversation and we came to terms that, you know, I was, I was one of five kids and, you know, when we would do something, it would be the belt, you know, it's just mm-hmm. that easy. It was automatic. Yep. And yep. I get it. Those are different times. And, I just, I had to put it out there. I said, Adrian, like, there is this fear that you're going to hurt our children to, like, the point where they're literally going to need, like, stitches. Yeah. And he's like, oh, my gosh. Yeah. Like, that yeah. is crazy. That is ridiculous. I would never. I love those kids. And I, I'm like, I know. But in my head, whenever we get to that point where you're freaking out, that's where I go. Yeah. Like, Oh, no, no, no. Like, you're not allowed to do that. That's not... Yeah. That's not okay. Once we had the conversation, I've been able to just step back. I still interfere. I still put my hand kind of like in the middle. I still raise it. I still look, give them the eye. But then I I try not to speak. Yeah. You know, in that moment. And he he acknowledges it. And he's like, I can't let your mom tell me how to father you anymore. No. This is what I need to say, and I don't care if she gets upset. And then he says it, and the kids understand. And I'm like, oh, I didn't have to Mm -mm. open my mouth. I didn't have to say anything. And 
sometimes the kids look at me and I'm like, it is, that's the way it is. Mm -hmm. And they're okay with that. So it gets to where he's having a conversation and now it's less and less frequent that we have to have that, the eyes and the look and the hand, but it still happens because I, I, you know, a reaction in me, I'm like, I get scared and I get worried and I'm like, well, where is this going? Yeah. Like, and I also worry about him too. Like I always tell him it's just a glass, you know, it's going to break and Mm-hmm. we'll get another glass it's, or you shouldn't get all riled up you know it's, but it's a lot of what, stress so listen to what you're saying though that glass means it's coming from the account that he works for mm-hmm. oh absolutely which, which he's which he's already had it established in his head that that's i have to work because i don't i i have to earn my ability to connect with my family so that glass means once again i'm not enough i have to go ahead and make that money to go ahead and do you see what I mean? Yeah, like, it's all, it's, it's related. Yes. So it's your trauma and it's his trauma. I mean, it's not like actual like PTSD related, but it's just your immediate, like, um, your immediate response and then his immediate response, which are both completely unhealthy, but nobody's communicating. Mm-hmm. Like he's not communicating to you. Listen, San Juan, I feel like, you know, every time you say this, I'm, I'm, you know, it, 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 I'm not invited. I'm, I'm not invited. And, you know, I feel rejected. I feel isolated. I feel, um, I feel, um, alone, you know, but that's essentially what's going on for him. He just doesn't know how to say those words because men weren't taught emotions. And for you, it's like, well, I'm only going to piss him off if I say anything. Mm-hmm. And then if I tell him that I'm feeling rejected, I'm feeling frustrated, well, he's not going to know what to do with it anyway. He's going to try to fix it, and I don't want to hear that, so I'm just going to pretend like nothing's happening and wash the dish or play with the kids. Yeah, I don't the, – the whole fixing thing, I mean, that's that's what he wants to do. But honestly, I don't – I didn't think it was a problem to fix, mm-hmm. right? I mean, what are, you, what are you trying to get to? I'm crying. I mean, I have an emotional issue, and I cry, and now he's attentive. And he's wondering what's going on, right? And I lay this on him and he's just like, where did that come from? Yeah. And I'll bring up stories like since like 12 years ago (laughs) (laughs) on our honeymoon. (laughs) And he was just, he will just like be like in complete shock. Like I didn't realize that this was still something playing in your head. Yes. So that's, that's the weapon that's the weapon that you bring in your guys' relationship is you're holding on to stuff that you, that you haven't opened up about mm. and you're penalizing him every single time because you refuse to work on it. Mm-hmm. So just like most of us women who refuse to really admit where we're currently at in our marriage and how happy we are with our life, you know, honestly, it, I, I am in my best life, right? Like, yeah. What do I have to complain about? Exactly. I have a house. I have three very healthy kids. I have a husband that has a job. I'm educated. We're, we're great. I mean, we're in California, right? Yeah. Even, <laughs> even more, even more. Right. So that on the day to day, you wake up and you're grateful. Yeah. And then you just, everything else is just, you know, momentary. Yeah. It's cyclical. He comes back and we're great. 
and then he goes on a trip and I don't have to deal with it, right? The issues. And if there was an issue, I, I don't have to think about it until he comes back. And then by that time, like, why would you want to talk, bring that up again? So then I just kind of brush it under the rug and we're in a great place, right? Like, why would we bring that up? Well, when Mama Bear decides to bring it up, I mean, it's at, you know late at night. We're in bed. Yeah, we're in bed, and I'm like, you know what I'm thinking about, and he already knows. He goes, just turn the turn the light back on. Well, yeah, let's just talk about this. Yeah, and I'm like, no, you're tired, and just oh shoot, he was going to listen to me, and I now I now I have to yeah. put out and say what I was going to say, and not you know it's going to lead into an argument because that's not the time that you should be telling him well no so what if it didn't have to lead into an argument what if you were able to have these conversations um i don't i mean if we were able to have these what would that even look like well we would have time for each other right we wouldn't be too busy like washing yes. dishes, forget the dishes, right? Like let's, Hey, we have to come, come have a conversation. The kids are going to bed right now. Let's talk about this, but you know what? He's okay on Facebook right now. He's okay on the TV right now. I yeah. think, I think we'll just leave it for a different time when we yeah. are At discussing something or I'm overwhelmed. And then I'm like, well, you don't do anything. All you want to do is like, you know, yeah. watch TV or something, you know, and I'll bring it up then and then just put, Yeah. That's where the drama is, I guess. But notice when you do it, when people, when women do tend to those issues, it's already at 11 o'clock at night, Mm -hmm. 10 o'clock at night versus we could have addressed it and had this open, healthy conversation four o'clock or five o'clock and it moved on from it. Instead, now we're carrying all of this resentment for the following day and then we act like nothing happens and then we carry it again because more is added to it. Mm-hmm. So it's all of these things that we're brushing under the rug versus addressing it at that moment. Right. And I guess that's where you end up taking it out on the kids mm-hmm. and um, just, you know, the crumbs on the floor. And then you start focusing, hyper-focusing on the little things that are not right. Yeah. And you lose that state of gratitude and you're like, forget this. This is, yeah, I want out. And you're like, wait a minute. Did I just think that? Did I just say that? I thought I was good. And then and then you kind of just bring yourself back to like neutral. And like, wait, let me call Veronica. No, <laughs> <laughs> no but it's definitely like I, I talk myself up and then I talk myself down and it's an internal struggle, but I don't communicate it because I don't know how. So, okay. Um, um Tuesday, I'm going to teach you. Um, <laughs> um, the other thing, we'll wrap up here. Now knowing what you know, mm-hmm. what would you say to the mom that doesn't even know she's in denial? Huh. That's a good question. I feel like just ask yourself the question, is this where I want to be in five years? Mm. Is this where I want to be next year? Am I okay maintaining this kind of state? Mm-hmm. Are we okay with these cycles? And how long am I going to be okay with it, right? Yeah. So just do you see yourself being okay with it next year? Do you want to just fix it? Or do you want to just let it see what happens and 
Because then the course is available next year. <laughs> yeah, right, right. <laughs> but it's just, that is that is ultimately what I say, what I'd ask. Yeah. Mm-hmm. No, I'm glad you asked that. I remember asking you that same question. Mm-hmm. Five years from now, can you do this for another five years? I had to ask myself that too. And my answer was, I, I we'd probably kill each other. Hmm. So I want to thank you so much for hopping on. This is awesome. (laughs) Thank you again for having me. (laughs) Absolutely. All right, ladies. Um, Obviously, I want you to go ahead and ask your husband those questions that we gave you. And I really want you to open your eyes to something different, sort of like the shift in mindset. Although we see it one way, maybe there might be another one. And share this episode with your husband and a friend that needs to hear it. All right. Until then, bye. Many women lose their own identity in the shadow of being a mom and a wife. We are a community of women who support each other. We leave perfectionism behind to become empowered and unapologetic. I want to personally invite you to join our girl gang. It's a free Facebook community for women just like you. Go to www.facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash empowered and unapologetic. See you there. What's up, ladies? Just want to let you guys know that your ratings and reviews for this podcast are greatly appreciated. If you love this podcast, please go to iTunes right now, write a review, rate the episode, and subscribe. Don't forget to share it with your friends. Empowered and Unapologetic is part of the Practice of the Practice Podcast Network, a family of podcasts that change the world. To hear other podcasts like the Bomb Mom Podcast, beta male revolution or imperfect thriving go to practice of the practice.com forward slash network this podcast is designed to provide accurate and authoritative information in regards to the subject matter covered this is given with the understanding that neither the host practice of the practice or the guests are providing legal mental health or other professional information if you need a professional you should find one Addiction impacts all of us. Addiction's consequences run through all of us. From ourselves to our loved ones and to our communities, addiction creates so much loss and grief. My name is Dwayne Osterlin, and I'm the host of the Addicted Mind podcast, a show featuring personal stories, expert guests, and vital information about addiction and addiction recovery. We'll talk with leading treatment providers to discuss the latest research and treatment options for this devastating disease and advocate for mental health awareness. We discuss topics like the importance of creating a community of support to helping loved ones to some of the latest research on psychedelic medicines. The Addicted Mind podcast has been about creating hope, listening to stories of many amazing people that have overcome addiction and are thriving. If you or a loved one is struggling with addiction, subscribe to the Addicted Mind podcast wherever you get your podcasts or check out theaddictedmind.com. New episodes every Monday. See you there. I know. I know we've been taught that motherhood requires alcohol. I know we've been taught not to question our relationship with alcohol until we've lost everything. And I know we've been taught that if we do dare to examine our relationship with alcohol, we need to head straight to AA and declare ourselves an alcoholic who is powerless to alcohol forever. But what if all that isn't true? That's definitely not my story. I'm Suzanne, the host of the Sober Mom Life podcast. 
I'm an influencer who stopped drinking in January 2020, and since then, I've been telling the truth about motherhood, influencing, alcohol, and sobriety. If you suspect deep down that glass or three of wine at night might just be making motherhood harder, well, you're right. Come and join me as I chat with other sober and sober curious moms. Let's laugh, cry, and normalize sobriety together, all while we reheat our coffee for the fourth time today. Hey there, this is Casey McGuire Davidson, host of the Hello Someday podcast. I'm an ex-red wine girl turned life coach who helps busy women change their relationship with alcohol. I spent 20 years climbing the corporate ladder while drinking a bottle of wine a night to unwind. In the Hello Someday podcast, my goal is to teach you the tried and true secrets of creating and living a life you don't want to escape from. Each week, I'll bring you tools, lessons, and conversations to help you drink less and live more. I'll teach you how to navigate our drinking-obsessed culture without a buzz and how to turn the decision to stop drinking from your worst-case scenario to the best decision of your life. You can find new episodes of the Hello Someday podcast every Thursday, wherever you listen, and I hope you check it out. Addiction impacts all of us. Addiction's consequences run through all of us. From ourselves to our loved ones and through our communities, addiction creates so much loss and grief. My name is Dwayne Osterlin, and I'm the host of the Addicted Mind podcast, a show featuring personal stories, expert guests, and vital information about addiction and addiction recovery. We'll talk with leading treatment providers to discuss the latest research and treatment options for this devastating disease and advocate for mental health awareness. We discuss topics like the importance of creating a community of support to helping loved ones to some of the latest research on psychedelic medicines. The Addicted Mind podcast has been about creating hope, listening to stories of many amazing people that have overcome addiction and are thriving. If you or a loved one is struggling with addiction, subscribe to the Addicted Mind podcast wherever you get your podcasts or check out theaddictedmind.com. New episodes every Monday. See you there. Hey there, this is Casey McGuire Davidson, host of the Hello Someday podcast. I'm an ex-red wine girl turned life coach who helps busy women change their relationship with alcohol. I spent 20 years climbing the corporate ladder while drinking a bottle of wine a night to unwind. In the Hello Someday podcast, my goal is to teach you the tried and true secrets of creating and living a life you don't want to escape from. Each week, I'll bring you tools, lessons, and conversations to help you drink less and live more. I'll teach you how to navigate our drinking-obsessed culture without a buzz and how to turn the decision to stop drinking from your worst-case scenario to the best decision of your life. You can find new episodes of the Hello Someday podcast every Thursday, wherever you listen, and I hope you check it out. I know. I know we've been taught that motherhood requires alcohol. I know we've been taught not to question our relationship with alcohol until we've lost everything. And I know we've been taught that if we do dare to examine our relationship with alcohol, we need to head straight to AA and declare ourselves an alcoholic who is powerless to alcohol forever. But what if all that isn't true? That's definitely not my story. I'm Suzanne, the host of the Sober Mom Life podcast. I'm an influencer who stopped drinking in January 2020 and since then, 
I've been telling the truth about motherhood, influencing, alcohol, and sobriety. If you suspect deep down that glass or three of wine at night might just be making motherhood harder, well, you're right. Come and join me as I chat with other sober and sober curious moms. Let's laugh, cry, and normalize sobriety together, all while we reheat our coffee for the fourth time today. Hey there, this is Casey McGuire Davidson, host of the Hello Someday podcast. I'm an ex-red wine girl turned life coach who helps busy women change their relationship with alcohol. I spent 20 years climbing the corporate ladder while drinking a bottle of wine a night to unwind. In the Hello Someday podcast, my goal is to teach you the tried and true secrets of creating and living a life you don't want to escape from. Each week, I'll bring you tools, lessons, and conversations to help you drink less and live more. I'll teach you how to navigate our drinking-obsessed culture without a buzz and how to turn the decision to stop drinking from your worst-case scenario to the best decision of your life. You can find new episodes of the Hello Someday podcast every Thursday, wherever you listen, and I hope you check it out. I'm Madeline, and I'm the host of the Happiest Sober podcast. I got sober in my 20s after a decade of gray area drinking, and the greatest plot twist of all time was realizing that alcohol, the thing that I thought made my life the most happy and fun and exciting, was actually the exact thing preventing me from living my happiest and best life. My mom is 40 years sober, and she joins me on my podcast very often. I like to call her my part-time co-host, and I also bring you solo episodes where I share my top tips, tricks, and mindset shifts in sobriety, and lots of how-tos for navigating all the things sober, from weddings to parties to holidays to bachelorette parties to trips. I'm also joined by so many guests who come on and share their sober stories, and they're all so, so inspiring. I'm here to show you that life doesn't end when you quit drinking. In fact, it's very much the opposite. And no matter what your relationship was with alcohol, life can be the absolute happiest when you're sober. New episodes come out every Tuesday. You can listen to Happiest Sober Podcast wherever you get your podcasts.